Stop podcast surfing. You're in the right place. <laughs> I've always wanted to sing. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Kimberlon B. I am a licensed counselor, but I'm not your counselor. <laughs> I'm also the host of Good Tea and Reads. So I created Good Tea and Reads so we could use everyday topics, issues, and current events to explain the importance of mental health awareness. Mental health discussions are so important because so many suffer in silence or do not realize that they're dealing with mental health issues because of stigmas, society and family expectations, and other reasons. Some episodes on Good Tea and Reads are heavy and will make us think. Other episodes will be very enlightening or refreshing. But either way, you will have an awesome experience. Here's the disclaimer. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not a substitute for seeking professional care from another professional. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not meant to diagnose the subjects or persons discussed on this podcast. All right, so enough, enough of this intro. All right, so go grab your cups really quick so I can pour this piping hot tea. Meet me on the inside at one, two, three. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. This is Good Tea and Reads. This is the hostess with the mostest, your girl, Kimberlon B. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Got a question for you. So how are you doing? All right. How's it been going? I'm listening. All right. I just got a few seconds so I can get on with the show. All right. So last time we met up, I had gave you some homework. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Here's your homework. So last time I asked, what did you do for self-care? I'm listening for the answer right now. Mm-hmm. Hope you're telling me something that you've done and you had fun doing whatever you need to do or that you actually had relaxed, okay? I don't want to hear any excuses. And if you're just now joining us today, go check the other episodes. Also, follow me on the different platforms and then go do something for self-care. And what self-care can look like is whatever you want it to look like whether it's five minutes or five hours. Just take that time out for yourself. All right, so we're gonna just go ahead and get started. And on the next episodes, I may sneak and ask you, so what did you do for uh, self-care? And I wanna be able to hear that answer, okay? Y'all, let me tell you, oh my gosh, I am running like real late doing this show. I'm trying to stay on a schedule because actually doing this show is my self-care, but I was a lot of bit under the weather. Not a little bit, but a lot of bit under the weather. And so I really didn't feel like doing the show. So I wanted to make sure that I take care of myself, get myself back healthy. Now I'm back here in the seat and I'm here with you today. All right. So I'm excited. But now I need to go ahead and crank out a couple of more shows so I can get back on track. All right. So today's episode, I titled No Commitment or Eterna T. And T is T-E-A. It goes in with the good T's and reads, right? It's cute. You'll see it in the title, okay? <laughs> Today we will actually be exploring the benefits of engaging in healthy relationships. So in a previous episode, I talked about parasocial relationships. That was pretty funny because my son actually listens to the show and he says, mom, you said parasocial relationships so many times. He said he didn't want to critique me. I mean, you got to love your children, right? He said he didn't want to critique me. He said, but you said it so much. And I told him, 
you know what? I probably did because I was so fascinated with the concept of parasocial relationships because we've called it probably a lot of other things except parasocial relationships. And when I heard that it had a name like that, I was like, you know what? Parasocial relationship this, parasocial relationship that. So I was just excited that I learned a new word. Um, So I think I probably said it in excess, okay? So y'all don't count how many times I said and say that I repeat it, but I just get fascinated. I remember when I was growing up, like uh, when I was in the probably fourth, fifth grade, you always learned a new word. And every time I learned the new word, I wanted to just, hey, I, blah, blah, blah. I would make sure that I use it in the sentence, whether it was right or wrong. But um, yeah. All right. So last time we talked about parasocial relationships. So I decided to switch gears and talk about healthy relationships. Okay. So most people love to talk about unhealthy relationships, toxic relationships. Unfortunately, we talk about abusive relationships. And we've heard people use the terms and don't think that I'm discounting it, narcissistic, codependent type relationships. And honey, we can talk about unhealthy relationships until the cows come home. I mean, there's somebody now that's on Instagram and I mean, got her claim to fame. I think it's 50 plus Instagram posts, I think about her ex or something like that. And she has made money talking about that and you all are invested. But I, I think since we do have people out there talking about unhealthy relationships, not even throwing shade at her, but I'm not gonna do it. I think I want to focus on talking more about healthy relationships because again, I talk about mental health and we know that awareness of mental health is well. And I think that a lot of us has actually been so prone to unhealthy relationships in our lives. And, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm really shading or trying to bring shame to them because that's really not true. But in some form of or fashion, we have probably all engaged in some unhealthy relationship. And so we're getting ready to explore different type of relationships in the show. Usually when people hear relationships, we automatically think intimate relationships. We have all different types of relationships in our lives. So we're actually going to explore a wide array. I can't even say array, y'all wide array of relationships on this show today. All right, so we're getting ready to get started. You know the routine, go grab your cups. Go, 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 go really quick. Grab your cups, because I'm about to pour this piping hot tea. All right, so I'm giving you about a second, because I have to, you know, this is a time show, right? So. Find that cozy chair, have a seat, snuggle up, and let's get ready to get started talking about these healthy relationships. I want to throw out a disclaimer from the very beginning. Um, I will mention several examples to just provide insight on healthy relationships. I'm not going to focus on the specifics because I don't know all the details surrounding the situation. So if I talk about persons that you probably know and familiar with the stories. I'm not going to go into those details because the details is not what's important to me. What's important is what we're getting out of this information to increase our knowledge on the importance of healthy relationships and mental health. Okay, so... There's no need to challenge, as I say every time, with the would'ves, could'ves, and should'ves, and this may have happened, because this have been done differently. We're not going to do that here. We're just going to keep it on the general level, because you know other parts may exist. All right? So let's go ahead and get started. Hope you cozied up. Here we go. 
So according to the American Psychological Association, the definition of relationship is a continuing and often committed association between two or more people, as in a family, friendship, marriage, partnership, or other interpersonal links in which the participants have some degree of influence on each other's thoughts, feelings, and actions. That was a mouthful, but I wanted to read that word from word so we can all have the same understanding of relationships. Now, from that definition, I want to bring attention to the words continuing and committed. So there has to be something that occurs to connect all of those parties involved together in relationships, but we can't stop there. And I want to give an example of how the connection is important with relationships. For example, use your imagination with me. I'm at a grocery store. Everyone is shopping at the store at the same time with me is not in a relationship with me. We just merely happen to be in the same place, right? We're strangers. There may not be any type of connection whatsoever. We may actually have a conversation over the price of a certain food item, but that doesn't mean that we have, um, that we're in a relationship. So we have to have that connection piece down, okay? So just remember that. Now, the second part, some degree of influence on each other's thoughts, feelings, and actions. That is what confirms the relationship. So let's go back to the grocery store example. That's like rewinding the tape. All right. And this is my story or my personal account at a grocery store that I'm going to share with everybody. So I was at the grocery store and I'm looking at greeting cards because periodically I would just do that. I wasn't trying to find a greeting card. I actually like to just read what they say in them. Um, maybe that's why I actually became a therapist um, because I always look for things that's uplifting and encouraging. And so while I was looking at these greeting cards in the store, a young lady actually approached me and she was crying. And I was like, what's happening? Cause I'm just like looking at these greeting cards and there's somebody that's approaching me that's crying. Well, the young lady had shared with me that she just ran away from her abusive boyfriend. And then she started talking about her situation and I gave her words of encouragement. And honestly, this was before I came, became a counselor, but this is what encouraged me to go ahead and pursue that desire that I had helping people. And so she was crying. I was giving her words of encouragement and I was like trying to figure out like, what do I do? What do I do? But anyway, I must've said something right because we actually exchanged numbers and we became friends. Now, both of us, again, in the grocery store, she was in there crying. I'm not for sure she was in there shopping. We actually stood there and talked. She shared, with, she shared information with me. We exchanged numbers and we became friends. Now, me and the young lady at the grocery store, we have now met the criteria for a relationship. All right. As I had mentioned earlier, being in a relationship doesn't always mean that there's physical intimacy or an emotional attachment or some type of commitment involved. Just like the example that I used earlier with the young lady I met in the store, um, people engage in many different types of relationships that have unique characteristics. So relationships can actually fall into these categories. So we have our family relationships, and I know we're all familiar with that. And I know some people may say, I have a good relationship with my family, or I, I have an estranged relation, relationship with my family, but it's still a relationship because it's some type of connection. 
So you have friendships, which we have our friends. Um, you have acquaintances, romantic relationships. You have sexual relationships and you have work relationships and then you have situational relationships. And sometimes they call those situationships. Yes, those are a real thing. <laughs> Um, in these type of relationships, they can vary in terms of closeness and these type of relationships, all of the ones that I just named can either be unhealthy or healthy. Okay. Another thing that I mentioned earlier, everyone is that I'm purposely not focusing on unhealthy relationships because I'm sure that we have experienced an unhealthy relationship in some levels of our lives. Now, again, I'm, you know, I said, I'm not here to shame anyone and I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel squirmish or scream or screamish because that's not my thing. That's not my thing. Remember, I, I don't know you yet and you don't know me yet. So please don't feel uncomfortable listening to this which means I don't want you to take on that shame because that's not what we're doing. Um, to be honest with you, some people may have never experienced what a healthy relationship looked like. There are so many people in the world that probably grew up in, I'm just gonna say in an unhealthy environment and that can look any type of way from the worst of the worst or maybe something mild, but then what they were exposed to growing up may impact the type of relationships they have throughout their, you know, from childhood throughout adulthood, because it does have some type of impact. And not, ev not everybody that actually was exposed to a, a toxic relationship growing up mean that they're going to engage in a toxic relationship because that's simply not true. But I was just saying it can impact in some way. It can impact either in a good way to where you've learned, like, I don't want to feel that nor experience that, or it can impact in a not so great way. And those are the relationships that you continue to be in. All right. I just wanted to say that and get that out of the way because the topic of relationships can be sensitive um, for some. Okay. So we can say, um, unfortunately, that we probably know someone that has been or is currently in a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship. And I believe that people are familiar with toxic and abuse, abusive relationships and know how they look or feel. That's why I don't want to talk a lot about unhealthy relationships or this is the signs of it and go all into death depth because I think that we probably can fill in the blanks on some of these. Um, some people may not even call the relationship toxic, abusive, and those words that we use. Um, you may be familiar more with the words of like controlling, for example, bossy, naggy, narcissist, to describe these type of relationships. So does these words sound familiar? If it's not familiar to you, have you heard people actually describe their relationship to you like that? <laughs> um, some people, unfortunately, may continue to be in these relationships um, because of trauma, you know, um, or family dynamics. And I like to call my family dynamics um, family shenanigans. I'm actually going to do an episode on family dynamics real soon because it's very interesting how family dynamics work. All right. So even though we're not going to go in depth about unhealthy relationships, I want to really quick go through the signs of unhealthy relationships because we have to be able to identify it as such, right? All right, like our compromise or our comparison game is strong, which can negatively narrow our view on things. So I'm going to give some examples, okay? Here's some quick examples. All right, 
and it's, it's not relationship focused yet, but I just want to give a general example so we can have an understanding how our views can be narrowed. All right. Here's the example. I don't like to eat chips because they're too salty, but I eat chocolate chip cookies every day. Okay. Now, honestly, y'all that's listening. That's my situation. Okay. So don't judge me. I love chocolate chip cookies. Love chocolate chip cookies. I actually just had a couple before I started doing this podcast. <laughs> y'all, I am human first and therapist second. Okay. So uh, that's my example, how we compare and compromise. So I want to try to put down people that eat chips, but yet I'm eating cookies. I know better than them. They know better than me. But we use that to gain leverage over our situation. So I just wanted to make sure that we understand. So now I'm going to use a second example, which is a very um, serious example. Okay. And this is a general example, so it's not my own. All right. So someone, somebody may say, well, my ex-spouse used to physically abuse me, leaving physical marks. But my current spouse respects me enough and just physically abuses me on my feet and keeping it out of sight so nobody will know that I'm getting abused. I wanted you to just think about that. And some of us use that comparison or, you know, this is what it looks like or it's actually better. And honestly, what I said about that abusive um, situation Please don't think I'm making fun of it. As a matter of fact, it's actually a true story for someone. They were with someone that used to abuse them and didn't care where they physically hit them at, but then they found somebody else and said this person loved them and loved them enough to just abuse their feet. Yeah, it's a thing. Some people may think, oh my gosh, that sounds, you know, you know, weird. That sounds funny, but yeah. But because he kept the abuse out of sight, she felt that I've leveled up from that person that I was with because nobody could see I was being abused. And it's actually an associate. I want to also put that disclaimer out because I don't want anybody to think it was a client that I work with because I keep all of my clients' uh, information confidential, right? So it was an associate from the past. <laughs> all right, so back to the unhealthy relationship signs. <clears throat> so according to Harvard Research, here we go. We're going to go through them fast, y'all. If you, you may be, I'll just do it this way. You may be in an unhealthy relationship if you are, feeling burned out or depleted after interactions with that person, having negative thoughts about the relationship, feeling like the relationship is imbalanced. And what that means is that one person gives or take more than the other, or feeling that you're not valued or respected by the other person. So I want you listener to look at the patterns of relationships, including the current relationships in your life over time. Has it been more take than give? Are they stressful? If you recognize those signs in yourself, it's actually a red flag to take a closer look into the relationships that you are engaged in. I want to throw out another disclaimer. This is a quick disclaimer. I know we're talking about healthy relationships. And if you identify that your relationships may not be healthy, I, me, Kimberlon B, is not saying leave, right? I don't want you to say, I was listening to Good Tea and Reads and Kimberlon B said I should leave you. Um, there's a way to transition out of relationships, especially if the relationship is abusive. Um, you have to leave and, and you have to use wisdom with that, but that'll be like on another show. But I do want to say if the relationship is unhealthy, 
you probably want to figure out the best way and the safest way to end that relationship. If you want to end that relationship, sometimes you remember I just said that it's family, friends, and I just gave a series of the different type of relationships, work or whatever. You may not be able to leave that relationship. And don't say, Kimberly, I told you to leave because I didn't tell you to leave. But there's ways that you can navigate through these relationships as well, okay? Um, Sometimes we just can't leave. But there's ways we can navigate these relationships and we can protect our mental health. All right. So unhealthy relationships can cause mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, and stress. And again, I bet we all could fill in the blank with a word to describe mental health challenges related to unhealthy relationships. I mean, even draining, right? Um, You can sometimes just feel your energy just being drained out of you. And I think some people actually call people that take the energy out of you, like I think energy vampires, and you can just feel it when they come around. But um, unhealthy relationships can actually cause physical health issues such as digestive issues. Um, Abusive relationships can cause trauma to the body as a result of the abuse. You can have sleep issues. You could either sleep too much because you're just probably in a miserable state or you can uh, sleep too little because you don't know what's gonna happen next. What's the fear of what's going to happen next? And it can interfere with your sleep. Um, You're prone to constant illnesses, such as colds, headaches, migraine. And you can have much more severe symptoms uh, um, from unhealthy relationships, such as strokes, heart attacks, that may actually result into death. Lastly, unhealthy relationships can cause what I like to call um, social health issues, such as feelings of loneliness, codependency issues. If you're unfamiliar with codependency, that's that could be a show all by itself as well. I encourage you to put the word codependent relationship in your popular search engine because I could talk about this topic forever, forever, ever, and forever, ever. (laughs) That's in my Andre 3000 voice. (laughs) Um, Unhealthy relationships and other ways that it can affect your social health. It can cause you to isolate from loved ones. It can actually um, contribute to unemployment. Um, you know, you may not want to go to work. You may not feel safe going to work. You may be so drained from just the constant arguing that you start to oversleep and it starts to impact your job and you get terminated from your jobs. Um, it can impact your housing. If you're not working, you're not able to sustain income. You may not be able to afford a place to live. Um, it can cause food instability. Again, You may not be able to afford the foods that you want to eat, or you may not be able to afford the nutritious foods that you need, and your body don't get that adequate nutrients that it needs to just sustain the lifestyle you have. Also, the food instability can actually um, come from if you're in an abusive relationship, that uh, the abuser may not let you eat or you may not want to eat, and that'll impact your mental and your physical status as well, and so forth and so on. I can talk about that forever, but again, we're shifting gears to healthy relationships. I mean, y'all start tallying the tallying. <laughs> How many times I say healthy relationships? <laughs> All right, so we're getting ready to look at healthy relationships. So the first step to identifying and building healthy relationships, start with you. Take your pointer finger and don't point it at the screen. Don't point it at your phone. I want you to take it and point it at yourself. It starts with you. 
The relationship with yourself is vital. And the most important connection to think about, right, is you. Okay. And you have to look after you. No one else can do that better than you. Okay. So just remember that for healthy relationships, you, you have to be healthy to have a healthy relationship. (laughs) How we treat ourselves, our self-esteem, those things affect how well we take care of ourselves and our ability to build a good um, resilience. So here's the good news, okay? There's lots of little things that we can do that doesn't require a lot from us to improve our self-esteem. And it includes positive thinking about ourselves. We gotta start reframing our thoughts, right? If we don't feel good, I mean, if we don't think good, we don't feel good. Remember, our thoughts control our emotions, right? So if we don't think highly of ourselves, we're not going to feel highly of ourselves. And some of the symptoms that I mentioned, the anxiety and depression and some of the physical health stuff will impact us. So it's important that we reframe those thoughts, okay? Y'all, in other words, we got to change our thinking brains, okay? (laughs) So often our thoughts are automatic. That It's so automatic that we don't even notice them. But it can really help us to actually tune into our thinking and check to see if our thinking is positive or negative. If you find that your thoughts are negative or unhelpful, Try challenging those thoughts to think more positively. It can really help you build confidence, okay? Um, It might not be realistic to always think positively. Um, I like to actually bring that point up because we have days that we probably don't feel our best. So you don't have to be on and think positive, you know, 24 hours a day because then I would be like, okay, something is going on right? So it's nice sometimes to just find like those neutral alternatives. Okay. For example, let's just use the negative thought. I had lots to do and I've done nothing. I'm so useless. Now, if you think about that statement that I just said, there was lots to do, you didn't do anything and you feel useless. That's the thought you have. If you were to say that right now, you probably could feel that effect on your mind and on your body. Um, But actually we could take that thought that I just said and we can turn it into a neutral thought or more realistic thought like, not every day can be good, but that's okay. I can try again tomorrow, right? So we are actually meeting that thought where it's at because you probably really wanted to get that, whatever you wanted to get done. And we're just talking about the example that I just used. And it doesn't mean if you didn't do it, that you're a failure or that you're useless. You know, sometimes we can go down the rabbit trail with these thoughts. And before we know it again, we we so lost, we went from being useless, not to not taking care of tasks in one day. And we'll go back to 10 years in our life And then we will feel like we were nobody and all of this stuff. And I mean, it can really contribute to some depression and sadness. And it's from one event and you don't deserve that. You don't deserve to hold on to that negative thought about yourself because of one, a one-off, almost a one-off day. (laughs) So don't do that. Um, So you give yourself some grace, right? Because it's so interesting if someone were to come to us and say, hey, hey girl, I almost said, no, it may not be a girl, listen to this, but if somebody come to say, you know what? I didn't finish what I wanted to do. Um, I just sat down and I done nothing. I feel so useless. We are the first people 
to empower that person. You know what? It's okay if you didn't feel like doing it today. We'll say something like that to them. It's okay. You can do it tomorrow. You deserve to rest. We always hype other people up, but then we're so hard on ourselves. So the same rah-rah that we give people, that's the same rah-rah that we deserve. Okay. So I want you to remember that. And also, um, over time, having more of this balanced view can help us build a healthier and happier relationship. And that's just with ourselves, right? Can you imagine if we've done this for ourselves, how much we can give to others? <laughs> so, I mean, it just feels so much refreshing when you give yourself grace. It feels like this, this sense of relief. Like, it's okay. You're not perfect. Just get up and try it again. Okay. So the mental health of the individual, and that's me, are you? And that's the most important element of the healthy relationship. If one suffers from depression, anxiety, feelings of insecurity, because sometimes we can feel insecure, right? And then also think about when I talked about the um, social health and the physical health, when if we have food uh, insecurity, housing insecurity, employment insecurities, or low self-esteem, these things can significantly impact the current relationships in our lives. So if we're not feeling our best, as I mentioned earlier, we're not giving our best to ourselves and we're not giving ourselves our best selves to others. So in addition to being a human, because I always say I'm human first and I'm therapist second, I'm also a realist. So that's my third thing. Hey, <laughs> I cannot continue this discussion without sharing this. Okay. I know we're talking about healthy relationships and I'm just with the rah-rah. I feel like I'm a cheerleader today, y'all, with the rah-rah. But I do have to say this. Not all relationships are going to be perfect all the time. But for the most part, a healthy relationship makes an individual feel secure, happy, loved, <laughs> and respected. <laughs> all types of relationships require effort and attention. Sometimes the effort and attention and relationships is automatic, right? It's easy to do. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Other times require extra effort and attention. And I say extra, I have my teeth gritted together. Extra attention and effort. <laughs> Whichever is the case though, the effort and attention should be a positive payoff in the end, okay? All right, so we're gonna shift gears and we're gonna move forward just a little bit and we're gonna talk more about healthy relationships. So steps on how to keep healthy relationships and maintain your mental health. This is a good combo. This is probably one of the best combos that's on the menu, right? You can have the best in both worlds. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's some steps on how to keep your relationship healthy. Regardless of how you define your relationship, there are important steps that you can take um, to ensure that your relationship connection is healthy. Some of the strategies are, because it's probably a lot more. Showing appreciation and gratitude to that person that you're in the relationship with. Again, remember, we're talking about different relationship classifications. We're not only talking about intimate relationships. And it's okay to show appreciation and gratitude. I think sometimes we get caught up into, this is what I need for you to do for me, or can you do this? I need your help. Can I have your listening ear? But if we show appreciation and gratitude, that would be so great. You know, I appreciate you listening to me when I say that I need to go buy more cookies from the store. Sorry, y'all. Um, I'm back on my cookie thing. Um, 
communicating openly and honestly. Now, you know, we got to, you know, in moderation, right? We do want to be open and honest, but if it's not a good time for you or it's not a good time for that person, you may not want to be open and honest if you feel in some kind of way, because it may come out wrong, but at least getting to a place where whoever you're in a relationship with, that you, the both of you, not just you, okay, not just me, but the both of you can uh, communicate open and honestly. Being affectionate and showing that you care. People want to know that you care. It makes people feel good on the inside. That shrugging off, that, you know, that, that doesn't help people feel good. The mutual respect for each other. You know, listening to what they have to say, respecting who they are as a person, it goes both ways. And it should be an even plan, Phil. It shouldn't be you respect me this way and I can disrespect you when I feel like it. No, it's mutual respect in that relationship. And actively listening, actively listening is key in healthy relationships. Actively listening means when whoever you're talking to, whenever they're talking, you're listening. You're not thinking about, oh, I can't wait till they get ready to stop because I'm getting ready to say this. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to bring up the time. Actively listening means you're not thinking about what I'm going to say next. You're actually listening to what that person say. And it's by, and again, vice versa, because it's a mutual thing in the relationship. Um. And if we're yelling over somebody, that's definitely not active listening because I don't know a person alive that can yell and still be listening at the same time. Mm -mm. Okay. And in showing interest in each other, if someone's talking about that day, make sure that you are giving that person your full attention and the same thing for them, right? So you get in, I'm not just telling you what to do. That's what to expect in the relationship. Because nothing behooves people more, honey. If you talk into them and, and you you looking at TV, okay, that, that's not it. That's not the move, okay? And if you're doing it all the time, I need to do a show on communication to say there's a time to communicate. But make sure that you're engaged in the conversation. Um. Being supportive and encouraging. People like support support and encouraging, okay? Um, feeling empathy for each other, all right? And also spending time together and individual time. Most people think that healthy relationships is being together, doing everything together, liking everything together. I like to watch the shows. We do all this together. We don't have any problems. We don't have any fight. Everything you do just matches. And it doesn't have to be that way all the time. Healthy relationships is spending time together. However, it also includes individual times. You don't have to spend every waking moment together with somebody. Okay? It's called me time. So you can be with them. There's nothing wrong with being with booze. There's nothing wrong being with families. But having that me time or having that time with your girls or having that time with your boys, that's okay. You should be able to have that time so you can have that time for that individual you. Remember you, right? The important element in a healthy relationship. And what you're not going to do is say that Kimberlon B said, I need to have this individual time back up off me so you can go do what you want to do. That's not what I said. Okay. I said it is to take care of me time. Okay. <laughs> All right. And having healthy boundaries. That's, that's important also. Um, if you have healthy boundaries, you'll be able to take care of yourself and your needs that person that you're in a relationship with will be able to take care of themselves and their needs. 
and you know that you'll have that understanding, I should say, that you can only do so much to take care of their needs without overextending yourself to where you become exhausted or you become frustrated because it's not reciprocated, okay? And being trustworthy, um, that's a key of a healthy relationship. And last but not least is communication. This is often the single most important thing in relationships, all right? So healthy relationships are also marked by honesty, right? And trust, of course, you know. They said trust is easy to gain. Yeah, is easy to gain and hard to regain or something like that, y'all. Y'all know, go go Google it. It's it's a real fly statement about trust. And I think I've just butchered it up. So I'm not even going to try to regroup from it, okay? (laughs) And reciprocity. This works. If I put out something you know, I'm, I'm expecting it back. That person should give. So one person shouldn't always just give, 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 give. And other one just take, 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 take. No, give should be mutual and taking should be mutual. All right. And this may not necessarily mean that the relationship is purely, purely transactional, right? Um, (laughs) It just indicates that you naturally like engage in a give and take that provides mutually and and beneficial support. Okay. So it should be natural. It shouldn't be, hey, I was thinking about you. I went to the store and got your cookies. So what you gonna do for me? right? It should be something natural. Like, Hey, I know you like cookies. Here you go. Cause you know, whatever needs to be done for you will probably be done for you. Right. (laughs) I know some people probably do settle out for cookies, but I'm gonna go ahead and back out of that conversation and move right on back into my healthy relationships and talk about how healthy relationships can improve mental health. All right, so people in healthy relationships experience significant mental health perks. I like that. I love perks, right? It's just, it makes your day, man. And when I go to the store, if I'm going to the store to get one thing, but you get something, a little something, something that's extra with that, oh, it just makes, it makes your day. It makes my day. So we're going to talk about these perks that exist with healthy relationships. So people in healthy relationships feel like their lives have purpose. For example, someone in a romantic relationship may feel that they're not only living for themselves, but also for their partner within reason. Okay. Again, healthy boundaries, no overextending. Okay. And so I just want to make sure that we understand we're talking about healthy relationships because sometimes when we want to live for others and make sure others are happy, that usually comes with overextending and exhaustion and frustration and feelings of unappreciated, being unappreciated. We don't want that to happen. That's not what we're talking about. All right. So relationships are also a, a source of physical affections. And research has actually shown that being in a healthy relationship actually reduces anxiety and depression and increases the immune system function. So again, that's a perk not only for our mental health, but for our physical health. In other healthy relationships, um, people have an empathetic listener in their lives. You got partners, you have friends, you know, or any other type of loved ones in your life that you can actually sit there and discuss problems with that may arise throughout your day. And you know that you're going to get a nice, trusted second opinion. All right. And having that constant, consistent support actually helps relieve that stress that you may be feeling when you're talking to them. And it provides that sense of safety 
that I'm safe enough that I can share what I'm going through with you. And people like that safety, that they can do that without judgment or without fear of getting pushback or some negative response. And it's so important to have someone in your life to encourage you because it it, it improves your well-being. Um, what this may look like is just encouraging each other within that relationship to follow a healthy diet or, you know, taking time out daily to do a check-in with those loved ones just to see how they're doing. Hey, you know, calling up someone. Hey, I was just thinking about you. Just wanted to check and see how you were doing. You were on my mind. Um, or even at work or at school, just pursuing like that work-life balance. And if you're like in school, that school-life balance. So you won't become overwhelmed and you'll be able to engage in those um, relationships to keep that social health in a good space. And couples, family members, friends, whatever that relationship status may be, and should you should always think to um, engage in healthy activities together and supporting one another's interests. It feels so good, right? And also finding those mutual interests over which to bond. It actually strengthens those healthy relationships. And gosh, even me just talking about it right now just makes me feel so good because there's um, people that's in my life that comes to mind when I think about the healthy relationships, whether it's with my spouse or it's with my friends or it's with some of my family members. It just really makes me feel good because I have that sense of connection with them and that support. And hey, I just talked about this. Um, the people in healthy relationships, they actually root for and support each other. So if someone wants to take on a new project or needs to overcome a challenge, having that involvement, that encouragement, or that emotional support of that partner, of that friend, of that family member, of that work colleague, it can be so helpful to just have somebody say, you can do it, or I know that you can do it. I can tell that you can do it, or that you got this. It feels so good on the inside. I love healthy relationships. And really, I don't have too much to add about them, except that they're such a benefit um, to our lives. There are some people that I know that be, that's been hurt by so many unhealthy relationships that they say, you know what, I don't want to fool with people anymore. But it's something about having that sense of connection, right? We didn't say you have to be best friends with anyone. We didn't say that you have to just, you know, stay on the phone like I do for hours and uh, hours on a day, you know, talking to friends or talking to family, but just connecting with someone occasionally, how you like to connect, it, it, it just feels so good. Um, fortunately, there are some people that may not have people that they can connect with. Um, out of some of the groups that are named, they may not have the best of friends. Um, they may not have a not so great relationship with family members, you know, whatever that looks like. There's, there's support groups. Sometimes you can find support groups in your community that you can actually go to um, and just feel that sense of connection for that moment. You can possibly Google them or you can call like the information line in your city and ask um, for support groups. At least you can have that connection, you know, for that hour or so. Because sometimes we some of us mostly just need just a little connection. And some of us may like a lot of connection. Um, there are some people that desire connection in their lives right now. Um, it may be like the mature people. Um, I used to say elderly people, but when you are uh, around my age, you know, I, I start saying mature. 
<laughs> that, you know, family members are so busy that don't come and visit them, you know, um, you know, they may be at an assisted living place and they may have community events like bingo, um, shuffleboard, or just groups. Um, you have, you know, grief groups because some people may have had a sense of connection and they may have lost that significant loved one or a family a member or a friend that they were actually close to. And now they have to figure out how to function without them. Um, there's support groups for that. Um, so I just want to just encourage each and every one of you out there, um, you know, just if you engage in relationships, engage in healthy relationships. Again, some people may not even listen um, to this podcast and they may have some unhealthy traits. You may not be able to break that bond with them. And honestly, you may not want to, right? No one's perfect. We've talked about that before. But in relationships like that, you don't have to sever them all the time unless they're really unhealthy and it has a bad influence over you. But if it's something that you can navigate through, just use your boundaries. You know, it's okay to say no. Um, it's okay to not pick up the phone every time they call, right? It's okay to call them on occasion or to hang out with them on occasion as, a, as long as it's not taking you into a dark place or causing you to engage in any unhealthy activities that you don't want to engage in. Um, but boundaries, um, they, they are here to protect you and they're here to protect that person. Okay. So I don't want anyone to think I'm telling you to sever all those relationships because as I said earlier, you may not be able to. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. If you want to know more about boundaries, definitely go to your favorite popular search engine and look up boundaries and how to implement boundaries. Um, it's a game changer. I, I, when I learned how to use boundaries, ooh we. I mean, now I can navigate all kinds of relationships now, right? I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I'm saying that I have learned to navigate relationships, okay? <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I'm excited to spend this time with you. I'm already feeling this connection with you. <laughs> I'm excited that you tuned in to Good Tea and Reads. I am excited to announce I am a big girl now. You can find Good Tea and Reads on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts now, y'all. Yes, I am. And I'm on iHeartRadio. So once you find me on there, you may have to look, right? Because I'm new. You'll have to scroll down. So don't give up. It's Good Tea and Reads. You'll see my picture. Hit that follow button and share it with your friends so your friends can listen. Um, I welcome feedback. I welcome comments at any time. Um, I try to talk about conversations that are really not talked about. And some of them you probably have heard before that I'll talk about. This has been a pleasure. I, I always have a, like a long close. I never just go get to the point and close. I'm always like, and this, and that. All right. So next time we'll actually be talking about mental health and mm, guess what? You're going to have to come back out to find out. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to build a connection with y'all. So the way we're going to connect, you hit that follow, you come back and you share it with three to 10 of your friends, three to 10 of your family friends, whoever's in your relationship circle, share this podcast with. All right. But I appreciate you engaging that self-care. I didn't forget. All right. Keep them healthy relationships. Use those boundaries. Look at those strategies. And if it's hard for you or you need to figure out um, more strategies to use in the relationships in your lives, please, 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 please get into therapy. Okay. I beg you. And I usually don't say that lightly. Get into therapy and get that neutral party to assist you. All right. They'll come up with strategies that work for 
you. Again, you're not crazy if you don't know how to navigate relationships. Let's reduce those stigmas because that's simply not true. That's why we're here. That's why therapists are here to work with you. It is your time. Okay. All right, everyone. Until next time, I am back. I am feeling good. This is your host, Kimberlon B, host of Good Tea and Reads. I'm out. Next time. Bye. This has been another fabulous episode on Good Tea and Reads. I am your host, Kimberlon B, and I want to leave you with one message. If you or someone you know is struggling or is in crisis, help is available. You can call or text 988 or you can chat at 988lifeline.org. One more option, you can also text Mental Health of America at 741-741. Choose to not suffer in silence. And remember, awareness of mental health is wealth. Signing off. Thank you.